We're just a couple of hours away from fight night. This is breaking downs. And whatever you're doing right now, stop, sit down, relax, grab yourself a beer because I've just grabbed mine. And enjoy the show. In sport, every once in a while there comes along a generation which which break records, make make the extraordinary look very ordinary. And, and that, that's what I feel we have right now in, in the UFC. We're almost, uh, we're just under five hours away um, until the start of the UFC 241 prelims um, in Anaheim, California. Um, after that, two hours after that, we'll have the main card live on pay-per-view uh, for our UK uh, subscribers. It's uh, BT Sport. And we're going to break it down here and break them down. This is our third part of our of our three part re, um, preview of the big peer review event, which is finally here. I'm joined again um, by my knowledgeable brother Christopher, and we're gonna um, go into it again into the fight card. Um, and you know, I I've really loved doing these pre- uh, previews because it's almost. Um, it's almost got us closer to the big event. Um, it has, yeah. I mean, along with all of the great things that UFC put out there, like the content, um, the embedded series, um, and, then, and then just kind of watching those guys like uh, Dan Hardy, Robin Black, Luke Thomas, Brendan Schaub, Joe Rogan, all of those guys going into it, you know, talking about um, you know the strengths and weaknesses of the fighters, um, it really kind of builds excitement, and this three-part series is, is also for me. Brought, yeah, as you say, brought us closer to the fights, and yeah, I mean, look, this is the fight card that excites me more than any other fight card this year. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's um. Don't get me wrong. I think you know from um bottom to top, maybe you know there's been stronger cards, but if you look at the, the those top three fights on this card. Um, they are so strong, and hopefully, you know, um, the guys pull it off, and 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 we will get fireworks tonight. Absolutely. Um, the prelims they start in in just on, uh, just over five hours, and uh, just a few of the notable names in there: Rafael Sancho, who's I can't believe who hasn't got a title shot um, at all in his career. Um, Is that right? Yeah. Wow, who's he fighting? He's fighting that guy that that came off. Um, he's just after beating Lineker, isn't he? I believe you're right. Um, he's fighting Corey Sanhagen. Yeah, that guy is talented. So Rafael Sancho lost in February to Marlon Moraes, um, who obviously uh, went on to fight Henry Cejudo. He actually beat Marlon Moraes in 2017. He's beat Aljamain. That's correct. Sterling. Yes, um, uh, Moraes then went back and, and avenge the loss yeah I forgot about that you're right he, he has wins over Aljamain Sterling TJ Dillashaw do you know he's a, he's a, he's a really good fighter his record as well is, is pretty solid with 27 wins 6 losses um, yeah he's, he's a real gatekeeper up there isn't he you know definitely in, in order to get up to those kind of top dogs um, you know you've got Rafael Asensio is definitely one of them you know and you know, if any of these kind of up and coming prospects want to, want to get up to the title uh, contendership, you know, you, you've got that Brazilian nightmare to get past. 
He is a knight. That that's really that's a good um sort of accurate um um conclusion on that one. But um Devante Smith is is the featured bout on the prelims. Um, okay. He's quite a charismatic twenty six year old. Um, he's been sort of bringing a wee bit of buzz with him when you looked up the early weigh-ins. He's he's a, he's a character. He knows what he's doing. He's trying to sell his fights. Yeah. Um, he's fighting a some a somewhat unknown tonight. Um, but. We're just going to touch briefly on the prelims. Like I expect Javier Lasanto to come in there and get the job done tonight. Um, you think so? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, uh, what age is Asun now? He's uh, he's got he's got to be on a little bit in his in his career. Thirty thirty seven. Thirty seven. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this guy's come wow. off um, a, a really impressive win over John Lineker. I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's a close one. It could go either way. Yeah, Corey Sanhagen, um, just, just to get his records up. He you're right in what you say, he, he beat John Lineker earlier this year. Um And I mean, John Lineker was one of those guys who was, you know, almost well it seemed like he was one one win away from getting a title shot, maybe back in two thousand and sixteen, two thousand and seventeen. One hundred percent and and he's beaten by like Alcantara, he's beaten those sort of boys. Um I think he only joined the UFC, hasn't he, in two thousand eighteen, Corey Sanhagen? Yeah, so, so he's pretty uh, new to the scene, but you know, um, you know, beating John Lineker really is a big statement in that division. Um, so, yeah, really, really tricky to to say what way that fight's going to go. Of course, it's tricky to say what you know what way all fights are going to go. Um, but if if it goes to the ground, you would have to imagine that Asin Sao is is most certainly at a big advantage there. One hundred percent. Yeah, you've you've hit that nail on the head. Um... But yeah, that's that's in the prelims, folks. We're not going to talk too much about the prelims. Um, but that 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 is, seems to be the biggest name on the prelim. Um, yeah, I would say so. I would say it's the biggest fight on the prelims. Yeah, and Asun would be the biggest name. But you know, San Hagen, you know, if he gets the win here, maybe maybe in the next pay per view or in the next fight night, he, he will be hmm, on that main card, or you know, maybe a little bit closer to a, an actual a bit big name at, at the top of that uh, division. Yeah, and as the crowd uh, slowly fell in during those events, we will be looking to turn our attention to the main card, uh, which is which is stacked beyond belief. Um, <laughs> I, I I really love talking about it, and um, the first fight in the card is in the middleweight division, one eight five. Derek Bronson uh, fighting. Um, am I saying this right? Ian Hinchick is that is that who you said? I think you are. Yeah, Br- Bronson. Um... Bronson's one of those guys, isn't he? At, at middleweight, there he's just, um, you know, if you, if you look at the guys that, that have actually come and beat Derek Bronson, you're talking about people like um, Adesanya. Adesanya. Yeah. You're talking about people like um, ja- Joel Romero, Jacare, ja- Jacare yeah. Souza. Um, you're, you're talking about the upper enchilant of, of the middleweight division. So you know, facing off of Derek Bronson. Is by no means um, a simple task. That guy is a real um, pace setter in that division. You know, he, you know, he, he does he does come up short against these kind of top flight guys, but you know, he's not that far away. So, you know, his opponent will have his hands full tonight with with Derek Brunson, and he need he needs a, he needs a big win now, doesn't he? Well, he, he's fought only once this year on the on the fifth of May. Uh, fight night, he beat um, Elias Theodoro by decision. So, 
Um, that's his only fight this year, but he's he's a somewhat a gatekeeper up there as well. In the yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you know if you if you want to get in there, you have to beat him. Robert Whittaker beat him. Uh, Adesanya, that was Adesanya's. Call. So so a lot of fighters have made their name off Derek Brunson, but um, you know tonight yeah. tonight I expect him to get in there. Um, I expect him to get in there and win. Um, because you know, I I'm sure he still feels like he's um sort of in that upper echelon of middleweight contenders and as no, as I, I absolutely agree with you there you know and, and and if he does string a few wins together then maybe he would get another shot at these guys you know that that, that maybe have beaten before and you know um, Derek Brunson will be climbing the ladder again you know and it'd be good to see um, I mean the Adesanya fight was really tough for him wasn't it he um, yeah he, but... he, he, he went into that he went into that fight with uh uh, kind of a lot of trash talking mentality, and yeah, when that when the fight got going, he really struggled to use his wrestling, which which I thought would be superior over Adesanya, but he Adesanya's um, wrestling defense in that fight was, you know, that, that was kind of a revelation to UFC fans. Um, yeah. You know, not saying that it was wasn't always there, but he really showed it in that fight, and he he really put a striking clinic on Bronson after that. That was a tough fight for him, so. You know, beating the last uh, Theodore, which is um, a, a reasonably good win over um, you know UFC opponent, but to get a, a, a you know two uh, fight win streak now might see him get one of those big names again. Yeah, I think you're right, and he's got these. He's sort of been around the block in UFC, and and he's able to hold these sort of. Um, I I I'm pretty sure that the UFC look at Dirk Brunson said what Dirk Brunson wants in the middle of the division. Dirk Brunson will get. Um, so. Um, maybe not... <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, within reason though. You know, yeah, not a title shot, obviously. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and, know, Dan, uh, I want a, I want a title shot, okay? Just again, this just just again, this is this is breaking down. I'm joined alongside my my my, my brother, my buddy Chrissy, who owns the fastest knockout in MMA history. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are gonna talk again about the big three. Uh, are we okay yeah. to do that? Well. Um, just an, just another fight. There's Gabriel Benitez versus uh, Yusuf. Um, I've heard a lot about this Benitez kid. He's he's been in, he's been around the block, but we're gonna we're gonna focus on the, on those three fights. Um, so you want to start us off? Yeah. So um, I'm gonna talk about Romero and Costa. Um, Romero this week has looked at home. He looks like he's been there before. He's calm. Um, he's unfazed. It seems like Costa has a. Um, Let's let's say uh, you know a bit a bit of a, a, a tension there. Romero doesn't seem to get that. I saw that in an, in an interview. You know, he, he was saying, you know, why I've never fought this guy. I've never sparred with this guy. We've never talked over the phone. You know, we've never come into contact. So why is why is he you know got beef? Um, but Romero's relaxed. Um, my initial prediction in that fight was a three round war. Yeah, you know, I, I do expect Romero to take some punishment. I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm I'm one of Romero's biggest fans, but you know, I can't overlook Costa's striking ability, his ability to move in and move out. You know, um, and really cause destruction. You know, that guy has got two sledgehammers uh, at the at the end of his arms. So I do expect maybe Costa to get get a bit punished tonight. But ultimately, I'm, I am expecting a, a bit of a, a, a slobber knocker, a bit of a a war, let's let's say. But I think Romero, with the superior wrestling, which you touched upon in your prediction actually on Twitter, 
Um, I think Romero will get a few takedowns. I think Romero will control him on the ground for periods. Um, Lando's elbows that he likes to throw on the ground when he gets into that kind of um, side controlled position. Um, but yeah, I do expect UL Romero to walk out of that cage um, with a W. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, Paulo Costa, not to be overlooked, none of his fights have been in the distance. So, um, who's saying that this fight should go the distance? Um, he and for all we know, Paulo, like I don't think he's really been tested, um, personally in, in the UFC. So, um, tonight is obviously his biggest test to date. Um, but by by some margin, if you look at his record, but we we we'll have to touch upon his record. It's an interesting statistic. No, um, all of his fights have ended by KO, won by submission. Um, so for all we know, for, for, for this this is this is really true. Um, we 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 all know who Paulo Costa was. We we seen him and how destructive he has been in the past uh, couple of years. But the, the the truth is, Paulo Costa is very unknown to to the um, to the MMA fan. I agree with that. Um... Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's, like, he's, like, not, um, a, he's not a household name. He's um... just to just to just to back further back that up. Uh, um, we we don't know what is what is takedown defense is like. We we don't know. Actually, yeah, that of... is a good point. You know, I mean, I did try to talk, I did try to um, reflect that in in a recent podcast where I did talk about that twelve 0 record, which is you know which is really uh, great, you know great at this stage of his career. But you know, do we know a lot about Costa because? Of of the of, of the twelve fights that I've seen, you know, I, I would say there's two kind of hallmark names on there. That was Uriah Hall, which um, that, that was his most recent victory, and then before that was Johnny Hendricks, who at that point of his career, Johnny Hendricks, bit old in the tooth, bit long in the tooth. Sorry, um, you know, certainly well beyond the best version of of Johnny Hendricks, you know, that we that we saw in the past. <clears throat> but yeah, you're right. Like we haven't seen him, you know. I take on like a, a wrestler like Chris Weidman and defend the take defend the takedown, or you know Luke Rockhold or you know Jack Arisosa, you know uh, even Leo Machida when he was there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of questions actually. Is is Costa, um, you know the the next big thing, or is this is this when we find out that Costa actually is not at that level just yet? And that, that's what I was alluding to to my, to my little uh, intro. Um, you know, every once in a while it comes along a generation in sport that, that break all records and make the old guard look quite ordinary. And... Well, do you remember what, the Yair yeah, Rodriguez case? You know, I, yeah. I was so on the Yair bus, you know. Um, yeah. And, you know, he was, he was beating guys. He, he had a couple of great wins under his belt. He, he had that very impressive showing against BJ Penn, you know. And, and watching it back then, it was like, have you just you know have have you seen what this kid's done to the the legend BJ Penn? So you know, you know, alarm bells got excited, and then he, he's pitched up against Frankie at was it two eleven? No, that's not right, is it? Two two thirteen, I believe. Two thirteen. He pitched up against the legend Frankie Edgar, and Frankie just put a complete beating on him, and it was like, okay, he he's not there yet. So um, it could be one of those tonight. Yeah, and um, or, but I, or Costa could go in there, and if he takes out Romero, you are looking at a fighter who I would say within a year could be getting the title shot. Yeah, one hundred percent. You actually were right. It was UFC two eleven, um, May two thousand seventeen. That that Frankie yeah, yeah, right was, but um, yeah, you're one hundred percent right. Um, 
I, but but ultimately, you look at that fight, and I I, I believe um, that a big part of Yoel's game tonight will be to try to to try to get um, Costa tired by maybe clinching him against the cage, making him work his muscles, getting the underhooks, making making him rest, making him sort of fight the sort of underhooks over, you know, so. Um, and fight that fight and, and, and hold his weight against him. And uh, that's an interesting point. Yeah, they are two lumps of clay, aren't this? You know, I mean, if you could, if you could ever imagine, you know, what the ideal, if if you if you had a, like an uh, an ambition to have a body, it would be that of Yoel Romero or or Costa. You know, those guys are. Um, you know, a truly some something remarkable. Yeah, and uh, you know we can only predict the fight, but yeah, year could, or sorry, Yoel could come out in the, in the second round and then him with a flying knee. So <laughs> yeah, you you I mean, both these guys have have certainly got 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 that kind of potential in them. You know, they can really explode. Um, how have you seen? Um, oh, sorry, where where do you see uh, Costa's strengths, and you know, do you see him? Um, having much success in the fight, you know, wh- where do you see this fight kind of playing? Um, I, I believe that um, although people might find this as a sort of a way of your well remember to get into the fight by maybe explosion or ex- explosive um, fast twitch bang, but um, I actually believe that if Costa was able to come out and push, maybe push your well against the cage, um, have him backed up, um, hit hit the body, you know, um, and 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 ultimately. Um, sort of try to bully you well against the kitchen because he, he has done that in his fights and um, yeah that, that's that's what I can see um, as Paul Costa's really only sort of way of, of of getting the KO in this fight to be honest with you yes you do see that a lot in the Costa fights he he does kind of uh, push them against you know uh, kind of back them up and then start landing doesn't he yeah but see to be honest with you I can I, I can I can I can see um. 25 different ways in which Joel can win. I can only really see one or two ways of Costa actually winning. For Costa to win, he's going to have to back Joel up. He's going to have to land that. He's, you know, he's just going to have to land that big money shot. And Joel's uh, deceptively good. Um, yeah. At defense as well, isn't he? He is. And, and and just touching on that, we might as well touch on Joel. I think Joel could use his wrestling. I think he could keep. Uh, Costa off balance by the inside low kick. Um, I, th- I think he could lead Costa in and then um, all of a sudden explode into a flying knee, um, hit the body, break the man down, use the clinch, drain his arms, uh, let that blood flow through his arms. He's a little bit slower. Uh, there's so many different ways for Yoel Romero to win this fight, um, and that's. But but we we, we would we would agree that Yoel is he he at this point in his career now you know he's he is one way. Oh, sorry, one win away from a title shot again, isn't he? He is, but he's also one loss away from from potential, you know, retirement. So, um... <laughs> I mean, I don't know that guy. Forty two, and I mean, he's so physically fit. You know, yeah. it's hard to see the end yet. But you know, you could be right. Um, the next fight on the on the on the main event is potentially going to be a bloodbath because both men like to bleed. That stir down at the weigh-in last night was class. Um... What Diaz and Pettis. Yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> um, and you can sort of tell, like my favourite stir down of all time would be uh, Robbie Lawler and Roy McDonald. Um, 
I, I really enjoyed that Sturdine and, and whenever Dana sort of dismissed them, they, they still stayed there. It was absolutely a thing of beauty to watch. But um, That's an interesting one. Your favourite Sturdine? Oh, yeah. My favourite Sturdine would have to be... I like it when Meg Perry. I like it when Meg Perry gets involved. I was gonna say that. Did you ever see his one of two too? Uh... Oh, yeah, he puts the hand out to shake and then puts it. Or I also like. Uh, you gotta love the. Um, you gotta love the the, the Silva Silva stirdowns as well. Yeah. If anybody can do a stirdown face, it's uh, it's the ex murderer. You know he. Uh, he he he's. Um, an intimidating character in New Sterling's, that's for sure. Um, but but that's kind of sidetracking there. So, um, you know, Diaz and Pettis, there is a bit of a history there, isn't there? Yeah, um, I think it was a time where Diaz was coming into these fights. Um, Diaz, now, to be fair to Nathan Diaz, he has fought the upper, upper, upper enchilant every single fight. And um, he, he fights the best of the best. He's fought, he fought RDA when RDA was coming up. You know, he, he had fought boys like Gray Maynard when Gray Maynard was the man. He, he fought, yeah. he fought uh, Conor McGregor. He fought Michael Johnson when Michael Johnson was on that sort of tour. Um, and and he's, he's fought a host of more fighters, um, just, just off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, um, I, 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 I'm really excited for this fight. It, it's a fight, though, it feels like. It's a fight that you, you could have seen maybe back in 2000 and. Thirteen, maybe. Oh yeah, and that's where I was sort of going there. Um, I think whenever Diaz was fighting all these boys, Pattis was fast tracked to the top. Um, yeah, because of that sort of flying off the cage kick he hit against Leguida. Um, and he was in the front of weedy boxes, and and you know Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz can get a wee bit better about those things. He can be, he can be, he, he could have got like um quite better about that in the past when you when you look at like. Pettis being fast tracked and Connor being sort of fast tracked, he was better about yeah, all that sort he's of stuff. Quite vocal about that, isn't he? Um, but you yeah. know, Diaz. Is there a more popular fighter fighter than Nate Diaz? Um, no, and uh, it, it's interesting because he seems pretty. You know, he seems pretty pretty serious about this fight tonight, doesn't he? I hope he's coming in there with the right head. You know, I don't think we actually saw. Uh, Nate Diaz's full potential or true potential until about 2015-2016 where his boxing was so crisp you know it, it was among the very best in the UFC um, and you know that, that led him to take out Conor McGregor who at that point was looking incredible you know I mean almost unbeatable Um you know, all, all the hype was surrounding Connor and, and Nate went in there and, you know, and beat him. Um, but, you know, in, in recent fights, you know, we've talked about this before, Diaz's head going into the fight maybe wasn't where it should be. No, I think uh, he just simply wanted a scrap and um, he maybe wasn't getting the opportunities that maybe he felt that he deserved and therefore he wasn't putting as much time in. So, um, yeah, but tonight, you know what? For Nathan Diaz, if I'm his coach, Nate, this is the fight you've wanted. This is the fight you've wanted since 2011, 2012. Um, so, by the signs of things, um, this is the fight you wanted. Now, go out here and let's, let's beat him. Uh, you know, uh, I'm interested uh, to know. Uh, well, you know, it, you would agree with me that if Nate Diaz wins this fight, um, the opportunities around the corner. 
I mean, you've got the third Conor McGregor fight. Yeah. You've got, um, I mean, obviously, uh, this fight's obviously at welterweight, but, but he could fight Conor again, um, you know, at, at, at welterweight or lightweight. But you've also got Jorge Masvidal, who's looking for a fight. But, 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 but also a big name, you know, he's, it's either a title fight for him or a big name, you know, and I think, you know, we, we could see that when he was calling for Conor McGregor. I and Nate actually... Diaz might be that name. Or does he does he go down and potentially fight Khabib? Where, uh, well, obviously, d- depending on who wins between Khabib and Poria, um, Diaz, you know, has been in kind of constant, you know, b- back back and forth with Diaz. And then he was slated to fight Poria as well. So there's also that opportunity. I expect Tony Ferguson to move up to welterweight. Um and and get a fight with one of these boys. Do do you expect that? I I think he's been quite vocal about that. He's not. He is getting so mistreated by the UFC. Um, yeah, yeah. You know how, but but then, uh, by, by all accounts, he he rejected the Max Holloway fight. So we don't know the inside of the story. Uh, but you know, go back to Diaz. You know, I mean, a Diaz win is the result that the UFC wants. Oh, it's what it's what it's, it's the result of what UFC fans want too. I believe because if Diaz loses, that could be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. potentially. Diaz, we may never see Diaz again. If he wins, you know the ball is very much in his court, and you know that guy has that guy is a box office draw. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, especially after those two big fights with Connor. Well. By, by by all accounts, people are more uh, excited for the Comey than the main event. So, um, if Diaz wins this, I say the the fight that I want to see, and you know, it, like I I love both these guys, so it would be kind of, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be kind of siding with anybody. It would be Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal. That's interesting you bring that up actually, because I've been reading sort of stuff, and that's maybe I I expect um you see to go in that. Uh, sort of turn um, where if Diaz wins tonight expect a Jorge Masvidal to fight Diaz I think because... it's the only fight that makes sense and it's the fight it's the fight that Diaz was talking about to Brado Komodo on ESPN like he, he said I'd rather fight I'd rather fight sorry um, Masvidal and McGregor rather than Khabib and Isman so um, you know so you've got that you've got Masvidal I, I mean in that division that, that makes total sense to me but then I would love to see Nate Diaz take on the winner of Paul and Khabib interesting interesting face for sure but um, just to, to more on the fight uh, what would be Anthony Pettis' uh, game plan tonight hmm Pettis you've talked about this before Pettis' game plan is, is going to be taking the legs of uh, kicking the legs of Nate Diaz um, you, you called that uh, possibly in the first podcast and I think you're absolutely correct you know Diaz um he doesn't really check the the leg kicks. Um, that that lead leg is um sitting duck, and we saw that in the RDF fight. We saw it in the Conor McGregor fight. We saw it in the Benson Henderson uh, uh, Benson Henderson fight as well. He um doesn't really check that, and I think Pettis is going to um try to utilize that, and then maybe switch it up, and then try try, try to head hunt. 
interesting because people think he's he's going to hit land that head kick on Diaz and knock him down like uh, Josh Thompson did. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I see him targeting low first and then and then and then head hunting afterwards. Because you know as well as I do that that left that left leg comes up at some pace. Um, it does. I mean, there's um, there's very few fighters in the UFC roster um, with that kind of versatility, uh, that that kind of versatility in, in their striking. You know, that um, he, he really has the wow factor as far as the striking is concerned. And you know, he, as you say, um, you know, maybe Barboza, maybe Wonderboy Thompson um, is able to generate a speed. Greater than than that of Anthony Pettis's is kicks, you know. Yeah, and and a big a big factor in these fights is that it's only fifteen minutes long, so it's basically whoever can start the quicker, who can never finish. Who can, who can, so yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, just going back though, that that is, I think that's where where Pettis's game plan is. Um, would you agree with that? And um, and and you know, if if so, um, fine. If you disagree, explain, or. You know, tell me what you think Diaz's game plan is going to be. Well, I've been very vocal about Pettis, um this week. Um, I'm sort of, I'm I was sort of gravitating towards him um, as as a potential pick for this fight. Um, I think his leg kicks are going to cause awful, awful damage to Diaz, unless in those three years Diaz has has found a way of of counteracting that, which which could be very interesting. Um, for for Nate Diaz. Look, what's the recipient Nate Diaz? Walk forward, um, land your combinations at range, be annoying, start and slap him, point at him, <laughs> and insult him, uh, get in Pettis's head because he's already in Pettis's head, um, to ultimately tire Pettis out. And then if you're if he is tired out enough by the by the uh, last round, finish him. But Nate Diaz crucially has to, I can, I think Nate Diaz has to crucially. Start well tonight. Um, I really, I really do. I think um, he's been he's been sort of known as a slow starter, and uh, and, and, and that's why. And, and people people give uh, Nitias an awful amount of shit um, about about his record. People need to realize that half of those wins, half of those losses, were very close decisions, and they were because Diaz maybe doesn't start as quick as other fighters. I, I'm hoping for a quick start. Um when I was looking at this fight initially, I hadn't really taken into consideration that it was only a three-round fight and that Diaz does start slowly because you are right. Um, you know, even in his most recent fights, you know, you can see Diaz starting slow against McGregor. In the first fight, he started slow enough. He did land quite a few times in that first round, um, but then came a lot um, stronger in the second round. The second fight, he starts even slower, I believe. Um, but then, but then comes on very strong in the third. Um, do you know um, he has to start quick? Do you know what I, 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 I see Diaz's game plan um, almost exactly as as you know as you see it, which is to strike at range. Uh, sorry, strike at range. To strike at range and to make it um, very tricky for Pettis to engage. Um, and you know, get those kicks off. Maybe that certain slap is there, as you say, to wind up Pettis. I and I do see Pettis getting annoyed by, by that. Yeah. So um, yeah. Inter- How do you see it going? Interesting. Um. What What about the clinch? Is the clinch there for Diaz? Because we all know that Pettis lost a few of those decisions to Alvarez to um 
but it was because they were sort of grinding on him and clinching him. So, um, yeah, um, how do I see the fight going? It's the hardest fight to call of the night for me. Um, ah, that's interesting. Definitely, definitely is. Um, Come on, g- give me, give me, give me, give me your winner, and and tell me how they're going to get it done. If you, if you, if you know, if I, if I was to hold a gun to your head, who's going to win this? I'm fight? going to go into the insight though, and I'm going to say, like, I put a poll up. It was three all, so I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. It's very hard to predict these fights. Um, I'm going to give it. Pettis by decision. Right. Okay. That's interesting. I don't see Pettis getting a decision when over Nate Diaz. I really don't. You know, the volume that Diaz throws, um, the cardio. I see Pettis, this is my prediction, by the way. I see Pettis fading towards the end of the second. And going into the third, Diaz just absolutely uh, lighting him up. And I actually see Pettis running out of steam. And Diaz, uh, therefore, getting getting ex-TKO finish. Oh. Uh, yep. So... um. Time will tell. Time will tell, as it always does. So we fight. I would say of this year. I'm just going to touch quickly on on, on Patterson Diaz, just very quickly. Um, I, I do I do believe that Nate Diaz is a championship fighter, and um, my prediction could could change between now and three o'clock. Um, <laughs> but but ultimately, he is a championship fighter. He's known as that to me anyway. Twenty-five minutes, see twenty-five minutes. Nate Diaz is a nightmare, um, and we see, we see, we see, we seen that. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a toss of a coin, really. Um, Fifty-fifty. My hardest fight to call. But are you ready to break down the main event? Absolutely. Um, this is the fight. This is the most talked about fight of two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, and it's interesting because. You know, often in UFC fights, you know, um, like even title fights where um, there's been a, a dramatic victory, like, oh, let's say a convincing victory. So Conor McGregor knocks out Jose Aldo. You know, some people were calling for the, for the rematch. But a lot of people said, you know, 13-second 13 13 second KO, we don't need to run this back. It's, you know, you would have thought the same of the Stipe and DC fight. You know, DC gets the knockout in the first round. Um, and it's a pretty bad knockout as well. And you, you you would say to yourself, you know, DC made that look easy. You know, despite Stipe's success, um, D, DC made that look easy. And yet, despite that, you find yourself with questions you know, what went wrong there? What went wrong there for Stipe? How did that happen? DC was the underdog in that fight. Um, Stipe, Stipe is, the, is the winningest heavyweight champion. There just is a feeling about this fight, um, you know, that uh, we we, re- we remain, um, you know, in the dark as to who the better fighter is. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I, th- I think history shows. You, you disagree. I can tell. I think, I think, I think, I think um, styles make matchups, and I think history shows that Daniel Cormier will always be considered the better fighter. Um, that done steep in Um If he wins, look, I'll give you this: if he wins tonight, 
Yes, he is the better fighter. That cannot be disputed. I will, I will, I will keep my mouth zipped. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, and, and Dan Hardy did a great job um, analyzing this fight. Dan Hardy talked about how Stipe's approach in the first round appeared very rushed, and he was making mistakes that. You know, we we never really seen from Stipe. You know, he was getting very close to DC. In fact, that when he was trying to load up on on those kind of uh, uh, right hooks, he was too close to DC. So or, what, he, what he was ultimately he was kind of throwing this almost nothing punch because he was so close to him. And surely, you know, surely you, you go into that fight and you realize that Steve DC is, is going to have the most success in the clinch. Yet Steve was getting very close. He was rushing, it seemed. You know, it's, it's so much faith now because he's, he's just been going and knocking guys out, you know. You know, uh, we talked before about his record. You know, he's got he's got f- first round knockouts for days, Stephen Miocic, yeah. over the upper echelon of of the heavyweight division. Maybe he under underestimated Daniel Cormier. Enough uh, respect to Daniel Cormier's power, and also um, Hardy was talking on on Joe Rogan, and this was an interesting point. Um, and, you know, Dan Hardy for me, you know, I, I, my respect just grows from it. Every time there's a big fight, he was talking about, do, do those punches, let me, let me try and get this correct. If you're not expecting power, because you know, he's fought in Ghana, for instance. So if he's not expecting the same power from DC, uh, is it those punches that, that actually surprise you and will knock you out? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I think, I think and, what you, you know, mean, maybe, and maybe that's maybe that's what it was. Maybe Stipe was just sleeping. Maybe Stipe completely underestimated that that power of that DC now has at heavyweight, and it just caught him by surprise. And maybe DC's strike was a lucky strike. Yeah. Um, Go on. I, you you I, disagree? Let's hear. It. On on the other hand, I would say that for Daniel Cormier. Um, you know, I just cannot doubt him at all in in terms of if this was a lucky or this was like because we we could sit here for hours and say that his his win over his, his second win over Rumble Johnson when he took the neck very quickly and and, and submitted that was lucky, um or you know but it wasn't I I, I don't think the the first win was a fluke to be honest um. I think, and for Stipe to get those sort of left hooks off and try to get close, maybe maybe DC was actually, maybe DC, that was DC's fault. Maybe DC was closing the distance on Stipe and Stipe wasn't able to land those no, shots. No, no, Stipe, Stipe was rushing in. Stipe was closing that space. And I've said this before, Stipe actually initiated the um, the, the final uh, clinch. You know, he initiated no. that. And then that was ultimately his, um, his demise. But... No. If 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 you look if you actually look though at the first fight and you look at the free fight, it's Daniel Cormier who actually initiates the the final clinch. I think Stipe Miocic um needs to be more patient. It was DC's game plan, I feel, to invite 
Stipe, you know, into his game. Walk forward, walk in, cl- you know, close the gap, sorry, close the space, because that's where I'm going to operate. That's where I'm going to have the most success. You can see it immediately, you know, in the very first exchange. Stipe comes forward, DC tries to clinch with the left and uppercut with the right. You can see it straight away. Yeah. So that's what DC is going to be looking for. The times when DC was backed up against the cage, you know, Stipe actually, um, at, at, you know, at the very start of that fight, he actually marshaled, um, he marshaled the cage. You can see that he's unsure, you know. Stipe's got the, the reach advantage. Uh, he's ducking and he's, he's, you know, you can see it in his face that he's, he's rather uncomfortable to be in that position. Yeah, 100%. I think um, there was a time in the first round where DC actually was fainting. He didn't know what really to do because he was stuck in this sort of no-man's land. Um, exactly. And and I think, you know, Stephen is doing that again tonight. He, he needs to back him up. He needs to wait for the opportunity, not rush in, to keep space. And I, and ultimately, Stipe will connect. Stipe's boxing is superior, superior to DC's. Yeah. And I think Stipe will hurt DC early and I think he'll put him away and I can see it being one of those things you know you know just like Stipe is the heavyweight champion again I, I've just got I've got that feeling about it it would be it would be some uh, achievement for Stipe to become a two time heavyweight champion and in many ways this fight tonight um, is much more than just a heavyweight title fight it's actually the winner of this fight tonight pro- uh, probably becomes the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time 100% um, agree with you. I think we're looking at the two best heavyweight fighters of all time in the, in the cage tonight. Because if, if Daniel Cormier retains his title tonight, he's retained it for the second time, uh, maybe a potential third time coming down the line if he wins tonight. And therefore, he's actually equaled Stipe's record. So, um, do you know, there's a, there's a lot on the line tonight. There's a, there's a you know, Stipe Miocic, who was considered the greatest this past few years in the heavyweight division. Daniel Cormier has challenged that. And tonight is actually... Stipe to put his foot down and say no hold on a second I'm still the greatest um, and by doing so if he does get the finish well then we could be looking at a possible trilogy fight down the line between the two um, to, to settle yeah. to settle who is the better fighter um, though DC said this week that if he feels I mean he thinks he's going to win but if he feels that you know he's beat Stipe um, but it, you know he's not the best version of himself anymore. Then he he'll call it a day because he he doesn't want to go the same route as as other people. Like you know, let's say an Anderson Silva or um, you know, there's many fighters that we could rattle off. And not coming to my head straight away, but the case of Anderson Silva, where you you were talking about you're you're talking about one of the greats. I mean, I put him on my Mount Rushmore, but he he's picked up like ten defeats. Yeah. And, and Cormier called that, you know, legacy, legacy damaging, you know. It, it and, is. And he, yeah. and he doesn't want to go that way. And, and I completely understand that because Daniel Cormier is, I think, I, I think I, actually at this minute in time, at this minute, I think he's pound for pound number one or two. So, um, uh, John Jones obviously being the other one. But, um, so if, if he if he retires on top of the world as, as what he's done in the game, double champion at heavyweight level, it is. It's an astounding achievement. And tonight, if he if he beats Stevie Moussich for the second time, um, yeah. But just going back to the first fight, though, it was DC that, that initiated that, that final clinch. If you look closely, 
Um, you think so? He he gives he gives Steve Bay the underhooks and then he switches stance and lands the the, the knockout blow. Um, but yeah. do you not think it was Steeper that actually came came close and actually tried to clinch with DC? No, but if I, I, you know, do you know what it is? I think actually DC gives him the clinch, gives him so, the so, so DC lures him in, yeah. Yeah, oh, big time, yeah, big yeah, time. yeah. I mean, and and that's what I was talking about earlier as well. Like you know, I, it's I think it's DC's game plan to lure Steeper in. Can I just say something actually? Um, in my previous, in my previous, um. Kind of analysis and reflections on on you know how the fights were played. I was talking about the the takedown and how DC was struggling to take Stipe down. Yeah. And then I watched DC. I've been watching videos of these guys all week, you know. Um, and I was watching um, how DC was able to manhandle people like Josh Barnett. Yeah. Who's huge. And and you know DC is literally taking him for a ride, you know. Um, so I don't know, but then Steve Bay is a six foot three, you know, massive frame. Do, do you see? Do you see takedowns? Don't you? Um, it's no, I, I'm I'm not overly sure. I'm not overly sold on it. Um, um, heavy heavyweight title fights don't really go the distance these days, but um. I think if the fight goes long, I can see a few takedowns. Of course, yeah, yeah. All, all, only on DC side, though. It's interesting then the first fight as well. As Stipe was actually able to, I was talking about this before, was actually able to control DC for a sustained period. He, he actually nearly got the back, didn't he, at one point as well? I think actually, yeah. I'm. I think. You're, yeah, I think you're right. I think he took the back, and um, I think you know, obviously. It's hard to take an like an American wrestler's back and and, and obviously go somewhere with it, but um, yeah, I think it's prediction time. Can I just say we I will we will get to the predictions. I just want, I just want to talk about this very very quickly, okay? Yeah. In two of Stipe's um, notable losses, um, you know you've got you've got eye pokes were a factor in the in the three fight they were a factor, and in the DC fight they were a factor. DC, when you look at, when you look back at the eye poke, it, it does it look deliberate to you? Um, because it's it, because it's not like it doesn't appear to me like um, like a, a you know a shot that's that's meant to to hurt you know it's um, it's almost like just kind of thrown out there. He seems to do. He seems to keeps his. He seems to keep his hands open quite a bit. DC, I think he does. Yeah, and 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 I and I understand why. You know, he's he's keeping his hands open. He's he's kind of parrying shots away. He's maybe trying to look for that clinch. That you know, that's his game. But you know, Stipe really needs to avoid that again tonight. Or or if he does, if that does happen, take the time to recover. You know, because it was it was only shortly afterwards where he got knocked out. Yeah, and I think Stipe is probably smart enough to 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 know that he can't get involved in that. And I expect him to to make those. Uh, I've expected him to make those adjustments. It's been thirteen months. Um, if he hasn't made those, if he hasn't made those adjustments, then you know you already have to question the game plan. But um, yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, so we've talked about it all week, Michael, and we've waited for this card for a long time. And you know it's finally here. We are hours away from the best fight card of of uh, you know 2019 UFC 241, 
Um, should we do our final predictions? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do a break him downs, man. <laughs> right, okay. So, who have you got? You, you want me to start with the Yoel Romero fight? Yeah, go for it. Yoel Romero fights Paulo Costa at 185. My prediction for this fight, Yoel Romero by unanimous decision. I'm going to go... Um, you know, fully, fully with you there. Fully agree uh, with that call. I think Romero um, gets that done by unanimous decision. I think uh, Romero is going to nullify Costa's threats, but I think Costa's a tough, tough um, fighter. So I think he is enough to stay in there, possibly finish. But uh, prediction, I'm going to just throw a prediction out there. It could be bold. It may not be unanimous decision. Um, yeah. Pettis and Diaz at welterweight one seventy. Um, yeah, fifty fifty, big time fifty fifty. Um, the hardest fight to call tonight for me. Um, go I'm gonna go uh, Pettis by you know, Pettis by decision. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go for Nate Diaz technical knockout in third. That's a big call, man. That is, that is, the, that is, that's what I see happening. I really do. I see Pettis gassing, and I see Diaz's boxing just, you know, it gets to a point where Diaz seems to connect every shot. Right, main event time. So, the main event: Stipe Miocic is trying to reclaim the gold from Daniel Cormier, the champ, champ. Michael, who've you got? Um, I've, I, I've really, I've watched. I've watched the first fight over and over again. I've watched their fights during the week. I have um, written down um, different sort of uh, game plans which they can use. I've sort of evaluated the entire sort of fight and what it entails. Um, that being said, it's a tough fight. I hope Stipe has made the adjustments. I hope Stipe, I hope Stipe has made the adjustments to compete. And I hope Stipe wins tonight. Um, because he's a very, very likable fighter. Uh, but with my analyst hat on, my MMA prediction hat on, my breaking downs hat on, um, I believe Daniel Cormier is going to retain his heavyweight title tonight. Um, how he gets it done? Um, um, you know, I'll know in the first. I'll know in the first thirty seconds how the fight's going to go. Um, because I've watched, I I watched that many fights. I, I'll know, I'll know straight away who's going to win that fight. So, t- um, t- so tell me, how how is he going to get it done, and and, and what round, or is it going to be a, a decision? Well, it's it's hard to actually predict what round, but I think Daniel Cormier is going to once again uh, knock out Stephen Miocic. Um, third round. Okay. That's only that's only a, but that's only a, a throwing out there prediction. He could beat him basically. You know, but I I I honestly think Daniel Cormier is. But I hope Steve wins, but Daniel Cormier's going to win for me. Right, so my prediction for this um, big fight, the, the, big, the biggest fight is in 19, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think Steve Miocic, his game plan is going to be very different. He's going to be far more patient. He's going to keep pace. I actually think Cormier will struggle to get into this fight. I really do. Um, I think we, we get out of the first round. Okay, this is, this is where my mind's at right now. We get out of the first round. Uh, then Stipe gets the finish in the second round with superior boxing. He hurts Stipe and then puts him away and reclaims the heavyweight championship, becoming the greatest heavyweight fighter 
of all time. Um, as I said, you know, my previous breakdown, I think Stipe rushed. I think he was too confident in that right hand. He was rushing in uh, so close, in fact, to land properly on DC. He's going to keep distance. He's going to pepper him from range, and he's going to hurt him and put him in the second. And that is my prediction. We've got knockout. Or, well, no, let's knockout for Stipe Mute in the second. And, you know, that, that we've really... This week we've really dissected the whole fight card um, completely. The, 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 um, there's nothing more we can say about that fight card. Yeah, <laughs> no, only time will only time will tell us now. And you know we're we're only a few hours away. A few beers ready. Yeah, a few beers ready. Uh, we're gonna enjoy the um, fights. Um, and yeah, I, we, you know, I, you know, look at the aftermath. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to do a uh, review show maybe tomorrow morning. We were gonna do a live podcast, but um, you know, it's, it's, it'll be hard with work and stuff. So we will see what happens. We may actually do the main event. We'll see. But um, yeah, that's UFC two four one, our biggest fight card of the year. Live Honda Center. Catch the early prelims on um, UFC Fight Pass. Um, at half 11 um, then the prelims you'll catch those if you're a UK subscriber on BT Sport you'll catch them at 1am um, which is the feature prelim is the Fonda Smith versus Karma Worthy um, Hafiel Asanyos Koi Sanhagen then the main card which is uh, I cannot wait um, three, 3 o'clock UK time we will see um, the best of the best we'll see generations collide but at the end of the day if you're a UFC fan, you cannot miss this pay-per-view. This is... Uh... Yeah, you're right. You're right, Michael. So, guys, um, we're going to wrap it up. Make sure to check out our um, our aftermath. We'll, we'll, we'll break it all down tomorrow. Enjoy the biggest fight card of the year. It's Chris and it's Michael. We're signing out.